Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua, the single statement is that's it, and then it's about serving the Lord. How about David? David, what's a single statement you think of for David from the Scripture? A man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. First Samuel 13, 14, 1 Samuel 13, 14, the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, which means he had a, a, a heart like God's. Okay, how about Isaiah? What's a single statement for Isaiah? Isaiah 6. That's it. Here am I. Send me. Isaiah 6, 8. Here am I. Send me. So Isaiah is the example of dedication. How about the Apostle John? The Apostle John. Let us love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. Right. 1 John 4, 7. 1 John 4, 7. So John is love. Okay, how about Joseph? What's a single statement for Joseph? What is it? Well-favored? Okay. The single statement for Joseph is the verse we're looking at. Verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph. That's this life statement for Joseph's life. The Lord was with Joseph. It was a life statement that characterized all of Joseph's life. The Lord was with Joseph. This is the life statement that Stephen used to describe Joseph in Acts 7-9. In Acts 7-9, where Stephen said, and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph, into Egypt, but God was with him. That's always the thing about Joseph. God was with him. This is the description of the Lord Jesus Christ when it says in Acts 10.38, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God was with him. This presence of God that Joseph characterizes in his life is what Paul prayed for the church at Corinth, when he ended his letter in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, when he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all, amen. This is what God prayed for, for the Thessalonian church, the Thessalonian church in 2 Thessalonians 3, 16, 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means, the Lord be with you all. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ promised when he gave the great commission in Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore into all the world, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So this life statement of Joseph is an enduring secret that we're reading about in Genesis 39 too. 
the Lord was with Joseph. And this secret endured for Joseph through locations. It didn't matter where Joseph was, whether he was away from his country, away from his home, away from his family. He had this enduring secret. The Lord and the Lord was with Joseph. It endured through his activities. It didn't matter what Joseph was doing, whether he was tending flocks, whether he was carrying cheese and so forth over back to his brethren, what he was whether he was uh, taking care of crops, whether he was taking care of prisoners, whether he was taking care of a country's food store, whether he was taking care of distribution of food to all of Egypt. It didn't matter. His enduring secret was, and the Lord was with Joseph. And it didn't matter what kind of temptations and adversities that he went through. It didn't matter what he had to face in life, whether he was being loved and singled out by his father or he was being hated by his murderous brothers or he was being lifted up by us with a special coat of honor, or he was being humiliated by being stripped of that coat of honor, or he was thrown into a pit in the desert with no water, or sold as a slave, or falsely accused of adultery, or put into prison, or exalted. That's also exalted to the most powerful man on earth. That was also a temptation of pride. All these adversities and temptations, Joseph overcame because of this enduring secret, and the Lord was with Joseph. I mean, think of the anxiety that he went through as a slave on the slave market, you know, being sold. Will I get bought by a good master? Will I be treated like a human or an animal? And now you think of how Joseph now is just standing there on that platform being sold in the slave market all alone, and think of the anxiety that he had, and yet and the Lord was with Joseph on the platform being sold as a slave. And Paul, think of Paul, when he was forsaken by everyone, and he writes these words, 2 Timothy 4.16, 2 Timothy 4.16, at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God it will not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Okay, so that means again, and the Lord was with Paul. So this enduring secret, the Lord was with Joseph, was the single compensation that Joseph had, and it just stood like a big wall, a barrier to the adversity that threatened to crush him, and it was like a wall of protection. And that's why Stephen used that word but in Acts 7-9. The the patriarchs, Acts 7-9, the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Thank God for that for the presence of God in our lives. It stands like a great wall of protection from us being crushed. And since since the Lord Jesus Christ is with every believer and his spirit is in every believer, every new temptation, every new adversity that you and I face is really a challenge to the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we have to remember that. And this was what endured for Joseph that through these temptations, he was kept because the Lord was with him. He didn't become proud of his successes. He had a lot of successes. Didn't matter what successes he had, whether success of taking care of the affairs of a prison warden or caring for prisoners or caring for a country. The secret of his success was, and the Lord was with Joseph. The secret endured through his fears. It didn't matter what fears. He had fears of dying. He had fears of being tortured, which he was in prison. He had fears of being permanently separated from his family. He had fears of never seeing his father again. And there's only one reason why these fears didn't crush him. It's that enduring secret, and the Lord 
was with Joseph. And it endured, that secret endured through new challenges that he faced. He had new challenges. He never, the challenge of handling the affairs of the daily life of a prison warden. He never done that before. The challenge of being responsible for a whole prison that Joseph had never done that before. The challenge of storing food for a whole nation for seven years. He'd never done that before. The challenge of distributing and feeding a whole nation and then buying everything in the nation for the food. He'd never done that before. The challenge of feeding all the foreigners who were coming, who were starving to death during the seven years. to see, if I got enough to take care of all the Egyptians and them too? He'd never done that before. The challenge of running the largest country and most powerful country on earth. He'd never done that before. Neither had Donald Trump, but it doesn't matter. He didn't. <laughs> but the reason that Joseph could be brave and look at each new challenge in life was because of this enduring secret in verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph. And what we see in Joseph is not just for Joseph, it's for us. This verse really gives the secret behind Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. He could have said, I can do all things through Christ in me, which strengtheneth me. And again, the Great Commission, I am with you always in Matthew 28, 20, Matthew 28, 20, and John 15. John 15, the whole parable, the whole the talk there, I should say, about the vine, it's all about this. In John 15, 4, John 15, 4, when the Lord said, abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. And then Paul is emphasizing the same truth in 2 Corinthians 3, 4, 2 Corinthians 3, 4, when he said, in such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. It's of God. Now, when you look at verse 2, There's a distinct clarity there in a cause and effect when it says in verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. The verse is a statement of cause and effect. The cause, the Lord was with Joseph. The effect, he was a prosperous man. It was because the Lord was with Joseph that he was a prosperous man. Would have been so easy for Joseph to look at his life and say, you know, I'm really something. You know, I don't think you understand how something I am. I just have this Midas touch about me. It's unbelievable. Everything I touch turns to gold. I'm really something. Would have been easy for him to say that. But Joseph knew that he was a prosperous man because the Lord was with Joseph, and Joseph really was the man who was careful to give God the glory. And this is especially apparent in what he says to Pharaoh, what he will say to Pharaoh, after Pharaoh has this troubling dream And Pharaoh's servants have just told him about, hey, Joseph, whoa, you you, you don't know who you've got here. He's a tremendous introduction. You know, there was a man in your kingdom from the Hebrews, and he's just tremendous. He's a dreamer. He's an interpreter of dreams like no one else. His name is Joseph. Joseph's really something, Pharaoh. And so, you know, Joseph was built up in Pharaoh's mind that when Joseph came into Pharaoh's presence, Pharaoh started to heap praise on Joseph when he's going to say in, in Genesis 41.15, Genesis 41.15, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it, and I have heard say of thee, 
that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. So when Pharaoh said these words to Joseph, I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream and interpret it. Pharaoh is really saying to Joseph that Joseph has been, you've been tremendously talked up. And Pharaoh was all for Joseph. Yeah, I want you to live up to your name. I want you to live up your tremendous reputation. Go for it. We'll put your lights on, on a marquee. We'll put your name on a marquee. Pharaoh's really saying to Joseph, Joseph, I've heard that you are really something. Now, that was a real temptation for Joseph. That was a real temptation for Joseph to have said, well, yes, as a matter of fact, Pharaoh, <laughs> I am pretty good at this uh, dream interpretation. You know, I really am something if I don't say so myself. And if Joseph had done that, he would have wronged his companion that was inside of him. If Joseph had taken the credit for his ability to interpret dreams, then God inside of him would have said, hey, Joseph, what am I, chop liver? You know, you don't even acknowledge me. It really hurts, Joseph. It really hurts. And so right after Pharaoh said that to Joseph, and it was a time for Joseph to respond, Joseph was tempted to take credit for himself. But Joseph's conscience spoke up inside of Joseph and said, don't do it, Joseph. Don't take the credit for something you didn't do. Remember the Lord in you. Remember the Lord with you. Remember verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph. And so Joseph, at that moment, he's listening to his conscience, and Joseph replies immediately. In Genesis 41, 16, Genesis 41, 16, Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, it's not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So Joseph told Pharaoh, no, Pharaoh, it's not in me. God will give you an answer of peace. What Joseph was telling Pharaoh was that God was going to speak through him. The God inside of Joseph, the God that was with Joseph, is going to speak through him to give him an answer that's going to bring peace to Pharaoh. So he's telling Pharaoh, you don't know me. So I'm going to tell you my life statement and the secret of my life. I'm going to tell you, verse 2, Pharaoh, the Lord was with Joseph. So Joseph was telling Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I know that all you can see is just me, and all you can hear is just me. But there's a person, Pharaoh, that you cannot see, and he's the Lord, and the Lord is with me, and the Lord is the reason why I'm a prosperous man. So we see that Joseph first made a negative statement to Pharaoh when he said, it's not in me, and then he made the positive statement, but God is going to give you an answer. And you and I you and I are put into the same temptation to take credit for what God does. And that's when we need to take our stand, like Joseph, and just repeat the words of David in Psalm 115, verse 1, Psalm 115, verse 1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. It's a very strong temptation to take credit for what God does. That's why, that's why David says twice, not unto us, not unto us. And when Joseph heard Pharaoh want to give credit to Joseph, it was as if the Lord inside of Joseph said, oh, what are you going to say, Joseph? You know, Pharaoh wants to heap praise on you. What are you going to say, Joseph? And so just respond like David said, not unto us, not unto us, O Lord, but unto thy name give glory. And so it is with this kind of like an unrecorded conversation between Joseph and the Lord going on. Right in front there when he replies, and, and it's as if Joseph said, not unto me, talking to the Lord. Not unto me, O Lord, not unto me, but unto thy name I'm going to give glory for thy mercy, thy truth's sake. So Joseph is successful 
in getting this message across to Pharaoh because after Joseph had successfully interpreted Pharaoh's dream, instead of celebrating, let's have a party for Joseph for his sole ability to interpret dreams, Pharaoh says something which is unbelievable from an Egyptian king. In Genesis 41, 38, Genesis 41, 38, Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this in a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there's none so discreet and wise as thou art. Pharaoh gave glory to God when he honored the Spirit of God in Joseph for showing Joseph the meaning of his dreams. Now, Joseph has this very special relationship with God. The Lord is with Joseph. Very special relationship. And when it says in verse 2, and the Lord is with Joseph, the name that's used there for God is the word Jehovah. Jehovah. And as a matter of fact, throughout this chapter 39, the name which is used continuously for God is Jehovah. Verse 2, like we've been looking. The Lord Jehovah was with Joseph. Joseph, and the master, in verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord Jehovah was with Joseph. And in verse 3 again, and the Lord Jehovah made all that he did to prosper. And verse 5, and the Lord Jehovah blessed the Egyptian's house. Verse 5 again, the blessing of the Lord Jehovah was upon all that he had in the house. Verse 21, but the Lord Jehovah was with Joseph. Verse 23, the Lord Jehovah was with him. Verse 23 again, the Lord Jehovah made it to prosper. So God is referred to in this chapter by the name Jehovah. is as though that's the name for everyone to see what's happening here with Joseph. It's the name Jehovah. God is Jehovah. So from those eight times that I just listed there, when the Lord is referred to as Jehovah, as if, as if the Lord is being emphasized by the name Jehovah as the great, all-powerful ruler of the universe. In all eight times, that's how God is referred to. By no other name in this chapter is God referred to except the name Jehovah. That's what makes it so dramatically significant that when Joseph speaks about God to Potiphar's wife, that Joseph doesn't use the name Jehovah to refer to God in verse 9, Genesis 39, 9, when he says, there is none greater in this house than I, Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Not Jehovah. Sin against God. He did not use the name Jehovah. When he spoke about God, instead, Joseph used the name Elohim. Elohim. Genesis 39, 9. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Elohim. And when God spoke to Joseph about who is going to interpret his dreams, Joseph used the same name. I mean, when Joseph spoke to Pharaoh about who's going to interpret his name, his dreams, Joseph used that same name, Elohim, for God. In Genesis 41, 16, Genesis 41, 16, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me, but God, Elohim, will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. That's the name, Elohim, that Pharaoh then uses for God in Genesis 41. One of those other verses I was telling you about. So when Joseph used the name Elohim instead of Jehovah to speak about God, it is as if Joseph sees something about God that no one else saw 
and that was that God was Elohim. Now, to see what he saw, we have to ask the question, what is the significance of the name Elohim for God? Well, the significance of the name Elohim for God is seen in how it's first used in the Bible. And this is not very hard to find because it's the third word in the Bible. Barashit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. So Elohim. In the beginning, God Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Elohim is the name of God the creator. And what do we see in the creation? What do we see in the creation? We've talked about this. When you look at the creation, you stand back and you look at Genesis 1 and 2 and you see care and provision of God. Everything that God created can be seen as created for man. God created for man a place for man to live, the earth. A place for man to go when he dies, heaven. A light for man to see. Food for man to eat. Lights in the sky for man to tell times and seasons and holidays. A garden for man to work in. Boundaries or laws for man to stay in. The Spirit of God breathed into man for man to live spiritually. God created all of what we see for man because God is this type of nature. He loves to give. He loves to love. He loves to provide. He loves to meet the needs of others. That's who God is. And that's what God did in the creation. And the name that encompasses all of that cared provision is the name Elohim. Elohim. The Lord Jesus Christ had his eye on this aspect of God, Elohim, in creation when he said those famous words in Matthew 6.31, Matthew 6.31, therefore take no thought, therefore saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Two very important words in that passage, knoweth and added, knoweth and added. Those are the two words that describe in Matthew 6, 31-33, knoweth and added, knoweth and added. Prevision knoweth and provision added. Prevision and provision. See, creation is God's prevision of a need, seeing what we're going to need, and his provision or adding what we need. And the name of Elohim encompasses creation as God's prevision and provision for our need, for man's need. And Joseph's life, his whole life, can be described as one huge need. His needs protection. Joseph needs protection from his enemies. Joseph needs help. How to do all these things he has no experience in doing. And Joseph needs help to do what no one else can do. Interpret a dream from a Gentile ruler? In all these tremendous needs that Joseph has, there's one answer in his life, and the answer is Elohim, who is the God of prevision and provision, and therefore the one answer is Genesis 39.2, the Lord was with Joseph. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free 
at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.